Thomas, and I have Calder today from OP Prayer. Hello, also, militant Dominican. <laughs> militant Dominican. Militant Dominican. Okay, so give us a little bit of background. I need to find my matches. Where am I? Oh, there they are. Okay, go ahead. So the OP Prayer apostolate was founded in August of last year with the uh, the idea of bringing the Dominican charism and spirituality to the laity and the clergy, uh, trying to spread devotion to St. Dominic. Uh, lots of people know, of course, who St. Thomas Aquinas is. Everyone's heard of St. Thomas, but devotion to St. Dominic is not as well known. St. Dominic, surprisingly, is not a as well-known saint as, say, St. Thomas or St. Francis. And so OP Prayer was founded with the intention of bringing the charism of spirituality and the life of St. Dominic and his order to, uh, to the masses, uh, trying to bring it to as many people as possible. So almost a year old now. We're almost there. August of this year, it'll be one year since we were founded. And so we've, we've done quite a lot of work since we were founded. So it's, it's going very, very well, I'd say very based king so what type of what type of things uh do you do well that's that, that's a good question so we uh we have sort of different media outlets if you want to if you want to use that term so for instance our website uh, was the first thing that op prayer founded which is basically an in the archive. description yes <laughs> it's it's practically an archive of pre-vatican II sort of traditional uh, Dominican prayers, because a lot of that uh, has been lost. A lot of the, you know, real traditional Dominican rite prayers and whatnot uh, are very hard to find. So our website is, in essence, a archive of prayers and devotions, chaplets, so on and so forth, all within the Dominican tradition. So it's either written by Dominicans or written, you know, written prayers by Dominicans or to Dominican saints. Uh, the Chapel of St. Dominic, for instance, is something that we posted recently uh, on our Twitter. And of course, that is a Dominican chaplet, uh, which, you know, Dominican Third Order and Dominican First Order, Second Order, you know, nuns, brothers and lay religious can get indulgences for praying these chaplets. But these chaplets have not been spoken about for a very long time. So there are all of these you know, beautiful um, prayers that are being lost, sadly. And so we use our website to basically bring easy access to those sorts of prayers, easy access to all of these different chaplets and devotions, which, which realistically not many people have heard of. I've spoken to, you know, certain Dominicans, whether they be, you know, brothers or lay religious, who have never in fact heard of some of the the chaplets and devotions that we're talking about. So we have our website. Twitter, uh, as much as it can be really awful at times, Twitter's a great way. <laughs> Twitter's a great way to actually spread the word of the Dominican order as well. Because I, you know, a lot of people on you know Catholic Twitter, if you want to call it that, want to build devotion to saints. They want to build their prayer life. And St. Dominic is the ideal. St. Dominic is truly the ideal. 
oh, they're, they're already making fun of me, Christian. <laughs> but, you know, Twitter is the ideal platform in yeah. the contemporary world to spread the devotion to St. Dominic. So we have almost a thousand followers on Twitter now, and we're regularly posting, you know, factoids or prayers or art from Dominican tradition. So going back to the chaplet of St. Dominic, I think it was yesterday uh, we in fact posted the chaplet of St. Dominic in English. And if you go to the OP prayer website, uh, you can also find it in Latin. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a big thing is our website and our Twitter account. We also have a somewhat of a publishing house, which is basically uh, we, we've sort of tasked ourselves with finding old Dominican, you know, liturgical books or prayer books and making new typesets of these books, which haven't been, you know, reprinted either before the council or long before the council, you know, many, many years ago. And we're reprinting these so that, you know, these these amazing books, which can truly help one in their spiritual life, is available for easy access. And uh, 50% of all the profits that we make from our books go straight back into the Dominican order. We, you know, we give them to a traditional community of Dominican friars. So by helping the OP prayer uh, a publishing house, not only are you, you know, gaining something truly by reading these incredible spiritual books, but you're also directly supporting the uh, the order of preachers and, you know, the friars and the brothers. But I'm not sure exactly where the money goes, of course. We just, we let the, you know, the fathers of the monastery um do that and yeah of course christian there that's our uh this is our website here it's so very it's... chad oh yeah this man didn't he uh didn't uh didn't he uh like he did, would you sign right. something or, or something with you guys so part of our publishing house we recently published this book here the manual of the brothers and sisters of the third order of saint dominic now i had the pleasure of meeting um brother Gerard in London a few weeks ago where he gave somewhat gave his blessing to OP praying. He was very happy to hear that we were running this apostolate. And, you know, you you think he's smiling on that photo there. I did not see him, you know, with a straight face once that day, he was going everywhere, smiling, talking. He's truly the embodiment I would say of St. Dominic, you know, that, the, the thing that you realize and the thing that you see with very holy people is that they're always so happy. They're so happy to be one ones with God. And you could definitely tell that with brother Gerard, he was a truly, you know, very happy, holy man. And then here, of course, this is our publishing house. So like I said, the manual of the brothers and sisters, we have a hardback edition which I would say is more for reading, you know, one that you can actually sit and read through. And the paperback one, I would suggest more so for making notes, highlighting, that that sort of thing. But th- th- this here, as I'll show you, was signed by the Master General. So I, I don't plan on writing in this copy anytime soon. But um, And the little office of our Holy Father, St. Dominic, is an amazing way to get into the Dominican spirituality. If you are struggling to pray the breviary, because the breviary is a big, you know, thing to pick up, or if you're struggling to even pray the little office uh, of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the little office of our Holy Father St. Dominic is a very short book. And you can you can easily say all of the hours out of this little office without taking up too much of your day. So if you are, say, a very busy, you know, man or woman working, you've got YouTuber, YouTuber, exactly. If you're militant Thomist, you you know, you're you're busy. It's a great way to get into the Dominican spirituality because you're praying something which is inherently Dominican. It's an inherently Dominican prayer book, but you're not taking up too much of your time if you don't have that sort of time to spare. You know, I I used to pray it uh, quite often before I uh, started praying the breviary in the little office of the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
it is a great way to get into the Dominican spirituality. Uh, so, so yeah, it, so we are using all of these different outlets and all of these different sort of platforms to spread the spirituality of the Dominican order because it is such a beautiful charism. And St. Dominic's life is just one of complete holiness and devotion to God. And so it, it, it's a gift that should be given to others. It's a gift that should be spread. And this is why we founded the OP Prayer Postulate is because all of these prayers are so beneficial. And if you're one who likes to get indulgences, if you're one that, you know, there are so many indulgences that people miss out on from prayers that they don't even know exist. So, for instance, uh, the Recolta, you can find indulgence prayers from the Recolta. And also, I believe, the Blessed uh, Sacrament Prayer Book by Father Lassance. We have those on our website as well. So there are some really, um, there are some really great things which we are, you know, hoping to do. And we've got a lot of plans for the future as well of the OP prayer postulate. Of course, we are still quite young. Uh, and so be because we're quite a young apostolate, we've only just barely been around for a year. Um, we, we certainly have more that we can do, but I, I, I am over the moon with how far OP Prayer has came since it was founded in August of last year. You know, meeting the Master General of the Order of Preachers, the Procurator General, or Postulator General, sorry, uh, the General Promoter of the Holy Rosary for the Order of Preachers, all of these very high up individuals, these members of the Dominican Curia, who have given explicit support to our apostolate. You know, you can't get any higher than the Master General, I suppose, in uh, terms of the Dominican order, at least. So we are, we're very happy with the way that things are, you know, are going in that sense. And we also have, within the OP Prayer Apostolate, uh, the Society for the Canonization of Blessed Jordan of Saxony, who is a yet again, like St. Dominic, but even lesser so, a very unknown saintly individual. He was the master general of the Order of Preachers uh, just after that of St. Dominic. Uh, after St. Dominic passed away in 1221, he took over from the position that St. Dominic held, that, of course, being the first master general of the Order of Preachers. And he, he, he spread the Dominican order through Europe and throughout the world. And it's said that the Blessed Jordan of Saxony brought in over a thousand friars into the Dominican order during his tenure, which is incredible. You know, a thousand friars, especially in the modern era, you know, in the crisis that we face in the church at the moment, to have a thousand friars brought into a religious order, it, it's almost impossible to think about. It's, uh, it's such a blessing. And so Blessed Jordan of Saxony... Well, uh, you know, he's such a holy individual and he was, um, oh, he was uh, beatified in 1825 uh, by Leo XII, I believe, was the Pope at the time. So I, follow you, them. I mm. forgot to put your YouTube on there, <laughs> but it's Dowry oh, yeah. of Mary, if you guys were wondering. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, everything, that's everything he does is Chad. That, that's that's my <laughs> summary. That's why I had him on. So right. okay. Uh, so you guys also, you forgot Savonarola. Yes, of course. So recently, a uh, a good friend of mine uh, brought his uh, brought his society in in into the uh, umbrella, I suppose you could call it, of the OP prayer postulate. So he founded this society to promote the uh, the history and authentic belief uh, in Salvarona, because there is a lot of misconstrued and misunderstood things around his life. And so when he, uh, when he came to me and he asked, can we bring the society under the umbrella of the Opri Prayer Postulate? We 100%, you know, we were very much straight away, 
like, yes, of course. Um, he was mistaken on many things, just like everybody else in the world. But he was a holy friar, and he'd done some incredible, incredible work. And one book that we're actually working on uh, as a part of the OP Prayer Publishing House is a book called Was Salvarona Excommunicated? A Canonical Study, which hasn't been reprinted since, I believe, the early 1900s. So because that book's not in the public domain, because that book's not available to the public for the most part, there's this misconstruction, you know, misconstrued belief and idea of who he was, what he did. And so, you know, we, we are we were very happy to bring them into the, uh, the OP Prayer Postulate. And they're doing great work as well. And you can find them on Twitter. Uh, I believe, Christian, you've put their link in the bio as well. I this do. Video. They are. I, I love Savonrola. Savonrola was just a, he, he was a man who was, many people don't really um, recognize the, the time he was in, the late 15th, mm. early 16th. Well, I, I think he died in 1500. So right on the cusp of the 16th century. And what's really annoying and really stupid is that the reformer saw him as a proto-reformer. Mm. So they saw him as as a Protestant, and mm. that's somebody uh, who they who they looked up to. But we Catholics know, need to take, that, take Savonarola back. I know that St. Philip Neri and even St. Pius X, if I remember correctly, both gave their explicit supports to him. Well, of course, not when he was alive, but after you know he had passed, they were both at the forefront of defending him and defending his sanctity. And when you have St. Philip Neri and St. Pius X defending your sanctity, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that people would go, well, hold on a minute. There's obviously some truth to this. Uh, th- there's no way that he was a Protestant reformer, especially when you've got St. Pius X defending you. I mean, I mean, if there's St. Philip, anyone... Philip Neri and St. Pius X, the notorious Protestants. Am I yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. So there's, you know, without, you know, it's certain that he was not a Protestant. Um, he was a holy man in a very confusing time. And so, yeah, we are looking forward to getting that book, uh, published when it's going to be released. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't released that information yet. So this is a militant homist exclusive that will be releasing that book. <laughs> but, but yes, so he was certainly a holy man. And yeah. With seven Rolla, I think he's, um, he's sort of a, an example for our time too, of how to be holy oh. men in confusing times. Um, especially when you have people who, who clearly are suffering, uh, not not to the degree of Savonarola, but are clearly suffering things like Savonarola did from the hierarchy. Mm. Because he he faced off against um, the Borgia Pope himself. Mm. The Borgia Pope was notorious for being corrupt. So, but he's still the Pope. So it 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 allows us to um, we might have a corrupt bishop or archbishop or cardinal who who are over us, but um, we need to see how we can be faithful while also sticking to the Catholic faith, which we have received from our fathers. Oh, certainly. And he is definitely the person to look to in these times. And I recommend, without a shadow of a doubt, recommend looking into his life. But I will, you know, err on the side of caution that there is going to be a lot of um, falsehoods and lies that you probably will read, or most certainly will read within your research of his life. But he is, um, he is certainly, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, a holy, holy friar. And I'm certain of his, I'm certain he's in heaven, especially with, like I said, the backing of St. Pius the 10th and St. Philip Neri, you know. Okay. So, we have a quick question here. What are Calder's thoughts on post-Vatican II Dominican prayers? What differences aside from the obvious whitewashing of humanizing prayers post-Vatican II? I think it's evident that the order of preachers is probably the order that stayed the most conservative 
after the Second Vatican Council. I think there it's very obvious that you know orders like the Franciscan Order and the Jesuit Order specifically, and also the Holy Ghost Fathers, which you would have never have believed was ran by Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre at one point. They've all became very modern theologically and most certainly liturgically. Um, you know, the idea of a reverent Novus Ordo, I don't think has ever been discussed uh, in, in some of these communities. But specifically, Brother Gerard, the current Master General of the Order of Preachers, the prayers that I've seen written by him and the prayers, specifically the prayer that he wrote for the 1,800-year anniversary of the Order of Preachers being in England was a very good traditional-minded Dominican prayer. There was I had absolutely no quarrels with it whatsoever. I think that it is evident that there are prayers after the 1970s that are perhaps not questionable, but certainly sound a bit... Uh, Cringe. That, well, that's a very colloquial word. Exactly. Uh, very modern. So I think, you know, it's what, 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 what I will say is that the Dominican order has been around a lot longer than Second Vatican Council. And so there is always going to be a larger beauty, I suppose, found in those prayers before the Second Vatican Council because because it's closer to the life of St. Dominic. A lot of the early prayers of the Order of Preachers are from people like Blessed Jordan of Saxony and the early disciples of the Order of Preachers. But also, before the Second Vatican Council, there were a lot more cloistered communities, and there were a lot more, what we would consider in the modern era, traditional communities. So there was a lot more strict observance to the rule of Augustine, the St. Augustine, which the Order of Preachers follows. And there was a lot more of a stricter observance to the Dominican charism, if, if, that, if that somewhat makes sense. So I think that we certainly shouldn't just exclude anything post-1970 because it's post-1970. Because I do believe that there are a lot of prayers, especially within the Dominican tradition, which were written after the Council, which are very good. But there is, of course, an inherent beauty often found within those prayers when the Dominican rite was around, when it was regularly being prayed, so on and so forth. Okay, so let's say I... Okay, actually, this is this is a real thing. Let's say I just know nothing because because I know nothing. And I'm I'm interested. I pray my uh, let's say let's say I'm a monastic diurnal fan. Let's say very good book, by the way, but it'll fall apart on you <laughs> within like three days. But um, let's say I'm a monastic diurnal fan and that's that's what I pray. Mm. And and I want to kind of transition into maybe adding uh, certain Dominican devotions, or I just want to go full blown sort of uh, Dominican uh, life of prayer. Dominican. What what where should I start? Uh, where should I go? What is what is that transition point going to look like? Uh, let, lay it out for me, Paul. Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I what I would say is on Amazon, and I believe you can find them on eBay as well. There is an incredible book which I own a copy of and all of the, whenever someone comes to me and says, I want to get into praying the Dominican hours, what, where should I begin? I always suggest this book here. So this is the little office of the blessed Virgin, which is in essence, well, it's exactly the little office of the blessed Virgin Mary, but in the Dominican rite. The great thing about this edition as well is that if you'll see here, for instance, there are explanatory notes at the bottom as well. So not only do you have not only do you have the actual little office which you can pray, but you also have 
the explanatory notes written by Dominicans, which will help explain and and talk about what exactly you are praying. So you're not just you're not just praying. You're not just you're not just praying anything. You're praying something, and it's being explained to you. So you can go back after you've prayed vespers or after you've prayed matins, and you can say, okay, what was I praying? What you know? Where in the Bible? Can I find these psalms and the stories found within these words that we're praying? So I highly recommend, first and foremost, the Little Office of the Blessed Virgin. It's bro, it's out of stock. That's ridiculous. Know what? Militant Thomist. When's the next night I've off work? I want to just reprint this whole thing just because I can. Look, can't can't believe out of print, out of stock. Well, uh, once it's once it's back in print, I recommend buying one of those. Um, the Little Office of Our Holy Father Saint Dominic, of course, made by um, okay, made by the OP Prayer Postulate, is of course something that I will recommend. I'd be silly not to. Um, there is such thing as the Dominican Rosary, which you can find on the op prayer website so if you go to www.opprayer-prayer.com and you go on the right side and you click on um you click on one of the one of the chapters it will come up and you'll be able to pray it um the chaplet of saint dominic as well is a great thing to get into praying um so yeah, the so when it comes to you know rosary wise, start praying the Dominican Rosary. Start praying the Chaplet of Saint Dominic. You can pray the Chaplet of Saint Dominic on a normal five decade rosary. The Little Office of Our Holy Father Saint Dominic. I recommend that, of course, as well. I'm keeping one, up with it. I'm yeah. trying to keep up with all these. Okay, so. We got first the little office. I sent the link in there. Then the uh, the little office of our Holy Father Saint Dominic. And then mm-hmm. what was the third one? The Dominican Rosary. Yes. Yeah, so if you go on the side of OP Prayer, there, for instance, you will see the Dominican Rosary right at the bottom. Bro, I'm an idiot. Where do I? Oh, there it is. Okay. So yeah, if you if you click on the Dominican Rosary, it's not a lot different to the normal Rosary, except there are different introductory prayers but it is the way that the order of preachers prays the, the rosary so if so you are I've, interested in that yes oh i've heard um oh i just sent you know you guys can go to the website and find all this yourself uh, i've heard that when it comes to the rosary the dominican rosary that the dominicans actually used to have like they'd have antiphons and hymns and they used to make like a whole like type office for the rosary is that is that true i i heard it all i believe believe that is true and you have to remember that um orders like the dominicans and the premonsterians the norbertines all of these orders are very much based around community prayer coming and praying the breviary in common praying it as a community so there has always been a big emphasis on praying the um praying the office together, praying the rosary together, solemn vespers, you know, all of these solemn hours, praying it together as a community, chanting it beautifully. People come together because that is part of the Dominican charism, you know, to pray, to bless, to preach. And part of that prayer is coming together as a community, as brothers and sisters and praying the office together, which is a fundamental part of the religious life, whether you're a first order, second order, or first order, you know, lay brother, a cleric, a priest of the order. It, you know, the, the, the hours is a fundamentally important part of a vocation. Whether you're, you know, a Dominican third order, whether you're going into the Franciscans, or the Norbertine Third Order, whatever whatever it might be, you can always, uh, and you should always, look into praying the breviary. And at most first, uh, or Third Order, sorry, 
most third order rules oblige their tertiaries to at least pray morning and evening prayer as it would be considered now. Okay, so what are the different I'm probably opening a can of worms here since it's uh since it's post Vatican II now. But what are the <clears throat> various uh Dominican breviaries? Because I'm assuming that mm. there's just like just like the Roman breviary, there's like fifty seven thousand different versions that you could uh use. And so, if and I'd prefer yeah. one that does not have this binding. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> so, so I, I, I've been very blessed in my, uh, in my time of uh, starting OP prayer, of actually uh, being given some vintage liturgical books. So this here is an original Dominican breviary from 1960. This edition was owned by the late provincial of the province of St. Joseph in America. So that comprises of like New York, Rhode Island, that sort of um that sort of area of uh of America. I own his breviary. I'm very I'm very blessed to own this. The sad thing is is that since 1967, which is when the last Dominican breviary was printed, there has not been a single reprint of the Dominican breviary. In 1967, the Latin breviary of the order of preachers. So the breviarum sacra ordinis prediactorum was translated into English, which became the breviary of the order of preachers. That was the last time that there was an actual Dominican breviary printed. And since then, there has not been a specifically Dominican breviary, because of course, after 1970, the church was given the liturgy of the hours. So since then, there has not actually been a, a Dominican breviary, but it's something that we're looking into. OP Prayer were interested in reprinting the diurnal Sacrodinus Plediactorum, which is, for any of those who don't know, uh, a diurnal is the entire Roman breviary or the entire breviary, but without matins, which is the longest hour. So it's something that you can put in your pockets. It's quite easy to bring around. So like Christian said, this here, the monastic diurnal, it's very small. It's something that you can bring around, put in a backpack, even in your pockets. Um, yes. Yeah. So what, like, so the Domin so you're saying that now the Dominicans just pray the normal liturgy, the hours? Mo yeah. Uh, excluding the sort of traditional Dominican rite only communities, most of them at least publicly pray the liturgy of the hours. So there is nothing stopping a Dominican cleric uh, from, there's nothing stopping a Dominican cleric from privately or publicly saying that the, the Dominican rite. And actually it's interesting you brought up Divinium Officium. Uh, for over a year now, I've been consultant on liturgical texts uh, for the Divinium Officium project. And a lot of my work on this website has focused around the Dominican rite. So in New York, in Australia, in London, in Cambridge, Oxford, around the world, you can very often find Dominican Rite masses. The Dominican Rite is most certainly having a comeback. Um, Post-Samoran Pontifican times have allowed the Dominican Rite to certainly grow because there was almost an anxiety around celebrating the Dominican Rite after 1970. But there is absolutely nothing wrong and nothing stopping, more importantly, a Dominican Rite, or a Dominican cleric, sorry, from praying the Dominican Rite. Is Dominican... Is Dominican Matins uh, shorter? It is, actually. It, I know, I just went through this and I was like, wait, this is already done? Like, this is... Mm. It only has three psalms. Yeah, this this uh this is actually doable. Not gonna lie. Yeah, Dominican matins is, if I remember correctly, shorter than the matins that you'll find uh, in the Roman rite, and I think that does make sense because you have to remember that most Dominicans in the very early you know stages of the Dominican order uh, were traveling all the time. They didn't belong permanently in one place they were traveling yeah. they were preaching and so they did not have all of the time in the world 
to be praying the hours. I mean, the pious, the tenth rubrics, the uh, divino afflatu breviary is very long. It is very, it is a very long uh, matins, for instance. Um, and I think there was a question about a Dominican supplement, Christian. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I highlighted some uh, some questions after we're done this. We can go through a few of them. Um, yeah, if you want, if you want the the monastics, going to be the longest. Mm-hmm. So if you so to compare, this is monastics, monastic uh, matins. So you got your hymns, psalms, psalms, even more psalms, more psalms, a reading, three readings, and then even more psalms. And then, boom! It's so so long. It's really takes long. takes like an hour. Uh, I used to I used to sometimes um, pray matins um, when I was a LARPing Anglo Catholic. <laughs> yeah, and then that yeah, but nobody really uh, really. I guess like if you go into the orders, you have people who play, pray monastic, but seculars. Sec, there's no secular priests out there being like, oh, let's pray. Uh, Monastic, uh, monastic matins. Yeah, the 1910 Tridentine uh, with the um, Pope Pius X Psalter really uh, mm. helped out. <laughs> really, really helped out a lot. Doesn't take like five hours to oh yeah break through all the offices. Mm. Took a very long time. Oh yeah, the Dominicans are so so very based. Is it on a two-week cycle for Matins? No, I think it's still a one-week cycle for the Psalms for the OP uh, breviary, right? I'm not too certain on that question, honestly. Um, but I believe so. I could be wrong, though. I'm not infallible when it comes to when it comes to that question. Okay. So if you so basically, if you want a print copy, you're saying you're kind of out of luck. If you want a print copy of the Dominican breviary, you're either going to have to bug a priory, which was founded before 1970, to see if they have an edition, or get very lucky and find one on eBay or Ape Books or something along those lines. They wonder, what happened, wonder what happened to Father Lagrange's breviary. I, I hope it's preserved somewhere when he for when he's canonized, so it's a relic to be venerated. Because that's what happened with St. Dominic's breviary. I'm somewhere in Rome, I can't remember where exactly, his breviary is open for veneration. So So Chad. So mm. Chad. Okay, so I feel like there was Yeah, so they have it in English, but it's just going to be following the English translations of um, all of the other uh, translations, like the the Normie mm-hmm. translations. So there's some important questions. A few actually I was wondering about. Okay, so what aspects differ between the traditional Dominican and oh, Roman? Right. This is a, this is a wonderful question. This is a great question. So there are there are a lot of different. Things in the uh, Dominican Rite as compared to, say, the Tridentine Rite. Uh, so we'll, we'll obviously, we'll take a look at only the TLM and the Dominican Rite here because the Novus Ordo is going to be different to everything, right? So the Dominican Rite has uh, a lot of different rubrics as compared to the Roman Rite. And one of the most interesting things is the chalice and the pattern are offered together rather than separate, which is done in, if I remember correctly, every single rite of the church. I could be wrong. I'm sure there are some orders. Actually, I believe the Sarum rite, uh, the old rite of uh, Salisbury, had the pattern and the chalice offered together like the Dominican rite. So that is one of the, um, that's one of the big things about the Dominican rite which is very unique. And of course, uh, the confitior. So anyone that goes to the traditional Latin mass will very likely know confitia de omnipotentia Berta Maria Semper Virgini. Instead of all of the saints, St. Peter and Paul, so on and so forth, the Dominican confitior is very short and it only says Beata Pater Dominice, 
uh, as well as um, our Blessed Mother. Uh, there is a lot of different uh, rubrics, like I said earlier. For instance, there is a specific way in the Dominican Rite that you have to use deferrable and a very specific way that you have to carry the missile. So you have to carry the missile with this arm on top of it and the other arm below it and hold it almost diagonally. That's part of the rubrics, interestingly. And the furable, uh, you have to swing it without making any noise or making as little noise as possible. And this is um, this is primarily due to the... Um, well, it's due to the prayerful nature of the Dominican order, the very complicated nature. And you can most certainly see that within the Dominican rite. The Dominican rite is made and was organically developed to contain a very prayerful nature. Not to say the traditional Latin mass is not prayerful, of course, but the Dominican rite is specifically meant to be a very almost silent liturgy though of course there are solemn high masses in the dominican rite and sung masses so on and so forth but even in the sung masses and the high masses and so on and so forth the furable for instance still needs to be quiet in a solemn high mass so there are these very little things which you would only know if you studied the rubrics but once you do that you see that the dominican rite is made to be a very silent prayerful experience and it, it's a very beautiful thing. Sadly, I haven't uh, had, uh, I haven't been able to serve the Dominican Rite yet, but I have trained uh, to serve the Dominican Rite, and it's absolutely incredible. It, re it really is. Okay, favorite Dominican devotion and why? Oh. I know this is going to sound like I'm just trying to get a quick answer out, but the rosary. The Rosary is an inheritant, uh, inherently Dominican devotion. Our Lady gave St. Dominic the Rosary. And that's incredible. Our Holy Father, St. Dominic, was given the Rosary personally by Our Lady. And she was told 15 decades, 150 Hail Marys. That is the Rosary that I'm giving you. And so... That's very beautiful. That's, it's incredible. And that's why the Dominican spirituality is very much focused around the rosary. And that's why all Dominican friars wear a rosary on their habit. It's such an inherent, important part of the Dominican life, of the Dominican charism. Okay, so what makes Dominican spirituality unique from, say, that of the Carmelites and Franciscans? Well, where I don't know much about the Carmelites, um, I certainly know a decent part about the Franciscans. Well, originally the Franciscans weren't meant to study theology. Uh, it was only St. Francis who granted a indult to St. Bonaventure to start... Um... <laughs> it was only uh, St. Francis who granted an indult to... Um, to uh, what is it? Uh, that was when uh, theology was somewhat allowed within the Franciscans. So the Franciscans were founded to be an order of poverty and total devotion to God, a very just complete prayerful, pov you know, a life of poverty, chastity and obedience. The Dominicans are inherently based around study and preaching. If you are... And this is, you know, I'm, I, I mean this very uh, liberally. If you're not smart enough to be a Dominican, you can't be a Dominican. Uh, what I mean by that is that you don't have to be a genius to be a Dominican, right? If you if you set set up this mindset for yourself that you have to be like St. Thomas Aquinas, you're never going to get anywhere. Because St. Thomas Aquinas was granted a gift by God, which is just... Um, you know, absolutely incredible. So the Dominicans are. What is that? Oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have to my send wife, a link. Yeah, my wife got it for me for uh, what? What was it? I think maybe not my birthday. 
what and not anniversary christmas yeah christmas mm, it's lovely so yeah the, the 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 franciscans weren't founded to be theological every order has their own charism so it's not to say the dominicans are better because they preach and because they study, because not everyone is called to preach and study in the same way that blessed Solanus Casey was called to be a Franciscan. He wouldn't have been called to be a Dominican in the same way that St. Thomas Aquinas was not called to be a Carmelite, but rather he was called to be a Dominican. Everyone has their own unique spirituality and that's what makes the church beautiful. And that's what makes the church incredible because it has all of these different orders. You're not just a religious brother or just a priest you can be a part of an order which has such a beautiful charism you know and i think that's wonderful so the dominicans are very much based around study and preaching going around and preaching whereas the franciscans of course they preach they're pre you know a lot of them were priests uh St. Francis wasn't actually a priest. Not many people know that he was a deacon. But um, but yes, you know, every order has its own unique spirituality. So if you are interested in studying and preaching the faith, the Dominicans are certainly somewhere I would look into, you know, look into going. Oh, you're speaking about legend, guys. Uh, um, modern scholars say the rosary was not given by Our Lady, except modernism. He, he, he. Well, St. Thomas Aquinas says that believing in God is as much faith as it is, you know, evidence for his existence. And I think the same principle falls into believing things like the rosary. Like, yes, there might not be video evidence of Our Lady appearing and giving St. Dominic the rosary, but it, it, it's oral tradition in the church. If we, if you know, these modern scholars who say, oh, yeah, we don't have enough evidence to say that the rosary was given by Our Lady, the church falls apart. Oral tradition is an important part of our Catholic faith. As much as I'm sure oral tradition on matters of spirituality is important to say the Orthodox, you know, a lot of quotes, which you see, you know, uh, Orthodox accounts often posting from Mount Athos, these anonymous monks, that's oral tradition. You know, a lot of that isn't written down and whatnot. That's oral tradition. That's stories from these elders on Mount Athos saying these stories of which they've heard. Um, any modern scholar that says that should not be trusted and... <laughs> you know yeah uh, my, my response my response when they say we don't have enough evidence to accept that our lady um gave saint dominic the rosary i would say i do not have enough evidence to know whether you're gay or not um, <laughs> and actually actually i have plenty of positive evidence from this very gay position to say that you're you're a little bit cringe yeah exactly yeah um so could you yeah. explain St. Dominic's method of prayer, like the positions? The positions, I've never heard of the positions. So I believe what he's referring to uh, is the nine ways of prayer, which, um, to be honest with you, I don't know loads about. I, I, I am not, you know, I, I, I can do a lecture on... Um, you know, on the nine ways, but in, in chat, I've posted a PDF, which I've looked at before. And though the art is rather modern, it gives a good basis for what the, you know, Dominican order is, uh, you know, St. Dominic's nine ways of prayer, which are inherent in the order of preachers. Um, yeah, I, 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 the nine ways of prayer is a very beautiful thing. And actually, what I have in my drawer here, if I can find it, is uh, I was given something by a French Dominican, uh, which, yes, that does mean that I can't actually read what it says. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, I was given a tiny booklet. Ah, oh, here we go. A tiny booklet. Tetutson Coyer, Tetutson Cops, Prière, which I assume means something like 
look who's St. Dominic. But it's uh, it is the nine ways of prayer with different images of the Dominicans, and actually they are very beautiful. It's not you know the quality isn't very good, but the artwork is rather rather incredible. Um, so yeah. Okay. Did you send that link in the in the chat? Mm-hmm. Oh, is there a pre-Vatican II Dominican breviary? No, no. He said uh, all of all of the printers are actually um, dumb and they don't want to reprint it. <laughs> uh, so, like most of them were printed in Rome, actually, uh, by the Dominican Order itself. But since 1967, that hasn't um, that hasn't happened. So, is there any work that can be done? Hassan, Hassan. I'll I'll say Hassan. Said. I'm sorry, Hassan. I I can't pronounce. Said Hassan Ahmed says it's Ahmed. Ah, right. Right. So, is there any work that could be done to modify the liturgy of the hours to accommodate specifically Dominican elements? Everybody, go and subscribe to Hassan. Because I'm about to take them over with subscriber counts, so uh, <laughs> so if you want to see wonderful um, Iranian music um, and a video, an exclusive video of uh, the tomb of the Apostle Saint Thomas, then go to Hassan's YouTube page and subscribe. So the liturgy of the hours, there has been a um, there has been a Dominican supplement published for the liturgy of the hours now what exactly that comprises of i'm not sure because of course i you know i don't pray the post vatican to liturgy of the hours but i believe that it's (laughs) i believe it's local prayers and local feasts or feasts um feasts uh what's the word feasts that are within the dominican calendar which aren't found in the Roman Rite calendar. Um, so I believe that it's just an additional book, which I've seen for sale before. Um, I believe on Dominican Liturgy Publications, which is ran by, I believe, Saint... Uh, Saint um, I believe it's run by Father Augustine. So I'd recommend taking a look and seeing if you can find that. But I'm not... Um, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, and then Hassan's getting a little sus here. What do you think was given to St. Dominic that we weren't practicing prior specifically? I do believe she appeared and gave him something. I just don't know what, because you have saints praying 150 aves, etc. prior. A little well, sus, Hassan. Mm-hmm. I'm actually working on a paper at the moment, which is due to be presented in July uh, at a conference hosted by the University of Durham. And so what I've been looking at uh, a lot is the idea of Dominican art and Dominican tradition and how that can be connected to the liturgy. And one of the things uh, which you sort of see is, um, is the physical rosary, that being 150, uh, you know, 150 of a rosary being given to St. Dominic. So I believe fundamentally that what St. Dominic was given was the physical rosary, given the decades of which we should be praying, that being 15, of course, and um, and telling him to go and spread the rosary, because that's ultimately what happened, of course, with the, um, uh, you know, with the rosary confraternities and so on and so forth. Okay. So, does the Dominican Rite fall under the regulations of Traditionis Custodes being so proximate to the 1962 Missale Romanum? The answer to that is no. Um, Samorum Pontificum, uh, when that came out, there was a letter uh, published by the Pontifical Commission Ecclesia Dei, which said that um, Traditio, I mean, uh, Samorum Pontificum also had authority over. Um, the local uses and the religious uses of the of the of the uh, of the mass. So the Dominican rite, the Carmelite rite, the Norbertine rite were all 
under the authority of Samorum Pontificum. Now, because of the way that um, that uh, Traditionalis Custodis was worded, uh, it only strictly talks about the traditional Latin Missal of 1962. And there has been no restrictions placed since the promulgation of that document against the Dominican Rite. So there is no indication whatsoever that Rome intends to do anything about those who are praying and saying the Dominican Rite. But um, they also just appointed Roche to be a cardinal. So, you know... We'll wait and see, we'll wait and see about that. So, so if you have so basically, what it is is if you have a priest and the priest is a uh, normal diocesan priest and he's a third order Dominican, then he can celebrate the Dominican rite with permission. That's correct. Yes, with permission. Okay. okay. If I so if I remember correctly, you don't have to ask permission to pray the mass. I'm not sure about the breviary. I believe that because well, from what I gather, they don't need to ask permission to pray the Dominican breviary because they are under an obligation to pray the hours anyway, which um, my spiritual director, for instance, who is a third order Dominican, not only does he pray the Roman breviary, but he will, for one of his hours that he has to pray a day, he will pray out of the Dominican breviary. Probably Matins. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> so, are there any other major Dominicans who focused on spirituality other than Gary Gou Lagrange or Aquinas? I'll leave this Saint Gary Gou Lagrange for you. Oh yeah, mm. we need to. Uh, while we're on the topic, we need we need the Society for the Glorification of Gary Gou Lagrange. That'd be very based. He should be canonized, of course. Um. I think a good book to buy is uh, there are some very short books which I've read on the Dominican spirituality, which I recommend. One one is called Devotion to St. Dominic, which you can find on Amazon for, I think, like $6. It's a very short book, but it's a book which you should read once, read again, read, highlight, write in the margin. It's an incredible book. And I've actually got some quotes written down, which uh, I'd like to say. Uh, from that book. Uh, so, for instance, there is a beautiful um, quote from this book. Now, of course, I'm sure a lot of you know um, to restore all things in Christ, the motto of St. Pius the Tenth, the motto of the Society of St. Pius the Tenth. There was a Dominican, uh, that being the author of Devotion to St. Dominic, who came up with this beautiful, incredible idea of the restore all things in Dominic. And it's this concept which he came up with, which is amazing. So he wrote to restore all things in Christ, but to modify it in the sense of his Dominican gift, he would say to restore all things in St. Dominic, instrate omnia in Dominicio, which is to say to frame everything around his memory, to animate everything with his spirit, to invigorate everything in his gift, to consume everything with his spirit, to invigorate everything with his gift, and to consume everything in charity. He repeats it twice to get it in get it in the head, the beauty of St. Dominic, because, as he says, to remain faithful to St. Dominic is in reality to remain faithful to the will of God himself, which is an amazing quote, and it's true, because St. Dominic, was one of those very rare cases of a person who never committed sin. He was almost a sinless man. Uh, Of course, mortal sin, we're talking about everyone. You know, venial sin is, of course, a very widespread thing. But, that you know, St. Dominic was that of such sanctity and holiness. And, you know, there was a... uh, During his canonization uh, cause someone said to the cardinals who were overseeing it in Rome that there was not a single time where St. Dominic did not burst out crying while saying the Holy Mass. Beautiful. It's incredible. Okay, so... I need to go quickly through these last six. 
that should be getting dinner soon. So this is this is an interesting question. What consisted within the bull uh, religiosum vitum, which approved the Dominican order further? Why did Pope Honorius III approve the Dominican order? Well, religiosum vitum was a response to St. Dominic. Uh, at the moment, in, uh, at the time before that document was published by Honorius III, I believe Honorius III, um, the Dominicans were only a order with permission to preach in the Diocese of Toulouse in France. And so the idea of religiosum vitum was to give it worldwide approval, ecclesiastical approval, which meant that they could go anywhere in the world and preach. They had explicit permission from the Vicar of Christ to be able to preach the Dominican charism, to preach the word of God around the world. So it's a fundamentally important document. Um, it's practically the founding of the Order of Preachers. Oh, very interesting. I was just looking at the Wikipedia page. You know, that's where I get all my information. <laughs> what is your top five Dominican saints? Well, of course, St. Dominic first, uh, St. Vincent Ferrer, St. Catherine of Siena, Blessed Jordan of Saxony, Blessed Alan de la Rouche, who founded the first Rosary Confraternities. Of course, Lagrange is unofficially on that list because he hasn't canonized yet. But yeah. I would say that they are the top five. There is also someone who I, you know, I, I, who I think there should be a greater uh, devotion to, a recently beatified, if I remember correctly, or no, servant of God, sorry. Servant of God, Catherine of Siena, OP. Now you might think, pardon? Catherine of Siena, she's already canonized. No, there was a nun or a religious sister called Mother Kathleen Abriksova. You can tell she's from Russia. Very difficult to say um, name. And she was the founder of the first Byzantine Rite Dominican community in Russia. And a lot of the... Uh, she was a Russian Orthodox convert. So was her husband, who later became a Byzantine um priest and so to answer this question that just came up we're knock we're knocking off questions left and right yeah so to uh to, to so there are by ritual dominicans there is one in the english province that i know of and there's one in hong kong uh that have faculties to say divine liturgy but there is not from what i gather a priory of people priests who belong to the byzantine rite that also belong to the Order of Preachers exclusively. But there are most certainly bi-ritual um, Dominicans. Saint Congar. <laughs> well, probably my least, my least favorite Dominican of all time. Well, all I'm going to say is that OP Prayer does not have any intention of uh, promoting his cause for canonization. I would, I would have to. If, if there's ever a society for the canonization of Saint Congar, I would I would have to systematically bully them, like legit. It would have to be systematically bullied. Yeah, he's a controversial Saint figure. Saint Congar, patron of extraordinary oh. ministers of Holy Communion. Oh. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, there's three more. Oh yeah, make an OP prayer app so I can use the Dominican liturgy of the hours. I will look into that for you. That's that. that do you know what? I'll. Uh, That's actually a good idea. The Dominican OP prayer app. I. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into. Uh, I'll look into doing that for sure. So true. Okay, some of Congar's ecclesiology is cool, bro. Get out of here, Hassan. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. <laughs> the least modernist Hassan take. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when uh, we pray a rosary, should we be praying 10 decades or 15? And then this question kind of connects. Were the traditional Dominican mysteries the same one as the ones we have today? Well, the Dominican, the, the mysteries of the rosary didn't change between the, like any laity priest praying it and the Dominicans praying it. It's the rosary itself, 
which um, had some differences uh, within the Dominicans. But um, 15 decades is what you should be going for. The, the rosary is 15 decades. So if you're only able to pray five decades a day, you know, that's fine. But if you can, 15 decades for sure. So true. Okay, I think that, oh wait, Hassan broke him on. I'll prove it to you someday. No, I refuse to read Kangar OP. Refuse it. I am, I'm dogmatically, oh, Lumin, oh no, Luminous question mark. <laughs> that's the, that's the question. So do, do we have, do we have 20 mysteries or do we have 15? We have 50, the, the rosary is 15. The five luminous mysteries were created as a separate chaplet. Um, yeah, that, that I, I don't want to cause controversy. So all I'm going to say is that if you're praying the rosary, you pray 15 decades, anything that you pray, any mysteries that you pray after the original 15, you're not praying the mysteries of the rosary. You're praying the mysteries of a separate chaplet. It is a separate devotion. The, the, the Luminous Mysteries um, is erroneously considered to be a part of the Rosary. It, uh, the person who created, the, the priest who created the Luminous Mysteries, never intended for it to be considered a part of the Rosary. It is a separate devotion. Pray the 15 decades of the Rosary. That is the Rosary, full stop. If you want to pray the, the five Luminous Mysteries, do it of course it's not harmful of course it's not harmful to your faith but it's just not the rosary full stop <laughs> that you know it's yeah so true okay well i have to go and get dinner thank you calder and thank you very much christian i will wait i gotta find my clip i will see all you later remember that today's friday don't eat meat don't you better not eat meat. If you eat meats, well, if you eat meat, I will beat you up. That's the that's the truth behind it. And anything else? Oh yeah, it's Pentecost. It's Whitsuntide. So since it's Whitsuntide, the Spirit of the Lord fills the whole earth. Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia.